श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय ऐसी ऐसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रभुपाद की जाय हरिराम प्रभु की जाय गौर भक्त वृंद की जाय श्री नंद उत्सव की जाय श्री व्यास पूज्य महामहोत्सव तिथि की जाय श्री अविर्भाव महामहोत्सव तिथि ऐसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रभुपाद की जाय गौर भक्त वृंद की जाय गौर प्रेमानंद so good morning everyone did you get a good nice rest okay so we'll have a short talk and and then uh artik for shila prabhupada and be artik for bhagavan tananda offering and prashad normally we would have a this puspanjali and garland for probably but the deer came and ate all the flowers the other day they got into the deity's rose garden so we offer what we have here <laughs> and as prabhupad once said this guru puja is not just a festival of fruits and flowers but we offer the the flower of our heart so we try to do that all of us here in different capacities in terms of our connection with Srila Prabhupada and um it says something about the extent of his campaign very far reaching touching many souls so we are indebted to him for the our initial shraddha for the most part whether we are his disciples grand disciples uh admirers uh, so on and so forth so i wanted to read a little something from prabhupada's diary aboard the jaladuta when he was crossing the ocean to come here which is around this this time of the year it's, i learned this year I wasn't aware of it but I learned this year that uh Prabhupada departed for America from Bombay on the uh, Jaladuta the day after the Baladev Purnim so that uh, struck me in a particular way given the nature of his uh, his power if you will to inspire people glorify god and the nanda radha govinda in namsan kirtan so perhaps we'll come back to that point i might help uh, to explain why it was a significance to me another beautiful piece in the puzzle of his his extraordinary life both external and internal of course the external life has to have some if it has any substance it has to have an internal origin it has to correspond with inner inner realization and as much as we can ascertain the, the measure of that we can say definitively that we we know such a person as uh, shila prabhupad or any great uh, devotee there are different ways what i mean to say by that is to measure the the standing of one in vaishnavism the common way and the way which bhaktivinod takur once um, mentioned was that 
the standing of a Vaishnav, his standing in terms of the inner landscape where he or she is, he said, could be measured by the number of persons that he or she turns also into Vaishnavas. That is one standard of measurement. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur mentioned that, of course, he was very outgoing himself in his uh, nature and in campaign. He, he was very much active in propagating Ramsan Kirtan and envisioned, as you all well know, interfacing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, message precepts with the modern world, which hadn't been done to date. And he was corresponding with people in America, even if they didn't write back. He was writing to them. To Thoreau and Emerson, he wrote to America's first, they're sometimes called transcendentalists, and and other parts, but uh, it's interesting to note, and it just struck me at the moment, how he reached out to America, which at the time was not uh, the dominant country in the world. England was, of course. It was until after World War II, as you well know, that America became the power, if, if you will, that it is. So it's interesting that he would reach out beyond England, which would be the obvious place, and the place where Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur first stepped foot, so to speak, through the extension of his own uh, disciples. Although it is also mentioned, Pujapad Sridharmarsh once related to us that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur expressed a desire to preach in America for ten years. And also missionaries had gone to England and, and so forth. And again, which would be the obvious place to go to because it was occupying India and it was a connection between India and Britain and Britain was the power of the world. So in the big idea, if you will, of, of Bhakti Minod, which was to fulfill the, the kind of uh, predictions of Mahaprabhu that his name would be heard in every town and village, Pritipachiyachi, Atanagaradigram, Sarvatapachorhuibi, Marnam, that everyone would, uh, far and wide, that no, no stone would remain unturned, that... Uh, without uh, having the opportunity here about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the obvious step in that direction would be to interface with England, but both of them had some inkling about uh, America and its future, apparently. Mukti Vinod corresponding with writing to Transit. I don't think he got a letter back from Thoreau or Emerson. He sent his book to the college in, in Canada. <laughs> and then Bhaktisiddhanta wanting expressing a desire to spend ten years in America. In relation to that desire, Pujapad Sridharmarsh once said that, and he got it. He had a desire fulfilled to spend ten years in America plus two in the person of Arudev, Swami. probably spent twelve years, largely in America, although he was traveling. It was kind of America-based. That's where he landed and started and so forth. So Sridharmarsh considered that the Prabhupada Bhaktivedanta's desire was realized in the person of his disciple, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, in the form of that preaching campaign. Nice idea. So at any rate, a big idea Bhaktivedanta Thakur had to understand accurately something about Prabhupada's contribution, we have to understand it as a, an attempt and a successful attempt to 
fulfill the mission, the vision, the vision of Bhakti Vinod. So the vision came in, in Thakur Bhakti Vinod. And then it was given practical shape by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who formed monasteries, moths, all over India and, and uh, trained devotees to go out and systematically propagate Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's message. He was the one who opened the marble temple in in Calcutta, which was a shocking thing for the common people and for the for the Gaudias of the time, who would tend and naturally so and appropriately so to reside in the holy dham, Mayapur, Vrindavan, Jagannath Puri, and so forth. We find Rup Sanatan moving between Vrindavan and Puri. <laughs> That's where they stayed. Of course, you had to move to go and be some on the land in between, but only stopping a short time in where, where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was at Prayag and Banaris, where he instructed them in all the tenets, all the precepts of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So they set this kind of standard. They lived in the Dham only. Sometimes it's questioned, however, why many of, or a number of, Chaitanya Dev's eternal associates appeared outside of the Dham, outside of Navadvip, because they came from Vrindavan, and Navadvip is non different from Vrindavan. How could they be outside of Vrindavan? How could they leave Vrindavan? So I believe it is Vrindavan Dastakur himself that poses the question and, and gives the answer in his Chaitanya Bhagavat. And it's a very shocking answer in one sense. It will make sense to us and we'll appreciate it, but it's pretty uh, radical. He said basically that they appeared, some of them, outside of the Dham for the purpose of propagating the message of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu all over the world. So they were in different countries, if you will. They were, you know, in, in Orissa, different kingdom, and other parts, outside the Godamandalabhumi. So we think, oh yeah, that makes sense, and, but it's it's pretty radical to think that, it, I mean, <laughs> this is a term associate of, of Gauranga Mahaprabhu, of Radha and Krishna, and they're outside of the Dham. It said Krishna never goes outside of the Dham. How can they be outside? It's a pretty radical idea. They're out there for us. <laughs> I guess it could, that's the message. This is the kindness, then, of that which presides as jurisdiction over the Leela. We call that Sarup Shakti. The Sarup Shakti. They're very generous. This uh, Golok is like a like a big welfare state. Everything is provided. And although we are hopefully quick to admit defective in terms of our present um, equipment, our present uh, bank balance is a, is a negative our physical, mental, intellectual strength is all counterfeit currency. You cannot buy any real estate in the land where there's, where there's no death and where there's real love and affection with these uh, instruments, false monetary instruments, no purchasing power. So hopefully, as I say, we'll be quick to admit that we are defective in terms of our present sense of uh, identity and, and, and what appears to be at our disposal for a 
acquiring, going anywhere, attaining anything, physical, mental, intellectual prowess. But if we look deeper, we also realize that beyond that, spiritually speaking, in terms of what we are as a unit of uh, chitkana, of, uh, of consciousness, of, of knowledge, we are also defective. We are small inside and in prone to this condition. Those associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they're not prone to this condition. So the different kinds of souls. We are the Badajiv, Tatasta Shakti, Tatasta. Neither here nor there, largely a product of our environment. Identity formed via attachment, whether it be attachment for uh, material objects, persons, and so forth, or attachment for Krishna. Identity is formed on the basis of such attachment. So, a product largely of our environment. Yes, we are related. We are Shakti Tattva. So, Surup Shakti is like the, the primal Shakti. We have a likeness to that. So, we are conscious and consciousness and matter is unlike it. So, Jiva Shakti is something like a distorted, or like a partial manifestation of the Sarup Shakti. And Maya Shakti like a distorted manifestation of the Sarup Shakti. You follow? Just like we consider Durga, who presides over the material world, a particular manifestation of Radha. She's Shakti Tattva not some separate thing, has its origins in her. So all Shakti, this is the idea, is originating in a Sarup Shakti. This is at the uh, theology of Thakur Bhakti Vinod. So, Sarup Shakti is constituted of Ladini, Sambit, Sandini, a special kind of, extraordinary kind of joy, an extraordinary kind of knowing and an extraordinary existence. Existing in the Dham, knowing, particular kind of knowing, it means relationship with Krishna, sense of identity, and particular kind of happiness, joy, derived from that. So that cannot be experienced by us without the contact of that Surup Shakti. We exist and we have the power for knowing the extent to which we exist, which would end all fear. Now we exist, but we don't know the extent to which we exist. Therefore, we're anxious. But we can know. And there can be some happiness in that. So, Brahmagyan and uh, Brahmananda. But we have more potential than that. We have potential, greater potential, if we are in the right environment. So that right environment, that means Guru Parampara, that means this, this channel through which the Surup Shakti comes to us and then in connection with Surup Shakti, then our existence becomes extraordinary, our knowing and our ananda. Sandini, Sambit, Ladini. Maya Shakti, on the other hand, all material manifestations exist, but they're here today and gone tomorrow. There's knowledge, material knowledge, right? But from a broader perspective, 
is ignorance. And there's material happiness, material joy, right? But if we look at it from a broader perspective, it's unhappiness, ultimately. So it's a distortion of these same constituents, if you will, of the Surup Shakti. And Jeev Shakti, partial manifestation. So when the part comes in touch with the whole, when the drop comes in touch with the ocean, then it becomes like that. It can live in the ocean. Unto itself, well, something is there. But its full potential cannot be realized. Follow me? So this Swarup Shakti, this means the Lord's associates. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prem, Sadduka Bonai, Shravanadi Sudhachite, Kodai Udai. This is eternally existing in them. They are the embodiment of that Prem, that Bhava. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prem, Sadduka Bonai. You can't get it by any effort. It's not a product of in time. You do this and you get that, and it didn't exist previously, and you do this and it comes about. No, it's existing. And where is it existing? Existing in the, all these parshadas of Mahaprabhu, of, of Radha and Krishna, their eternal associates. And then they make it available to us as a whole idea of Guru Parampara. It's inherent in us in as much as we have the potential, as opposed to Maya Shakti has no potential for that. We have that potential. And if we have the right environment, we can realize it. So they create that environment out of their generosity. As I said, it's like a welfare state. Everything is provided there. And in spite of our defect, if we can acknowledge the defective nature of our material condition and how we are only uh, surrounded by, you know, you have pocketfuls of counterfeit currency, no real purchasing power. Then we, we are at, we arrive at, we discussed a little bit last night, something like a teachable moment. Okay. You, you recognize you need help. If you're addicted to drugs, then you have to acknowledge I'm addicted before you can be helped, really. As long as you think, well, I'm still okay. I, I'd stop if I wanted to. No. No hope. This is our position. Absolutely no hope. Probably give an example like a dog in the ocean. Dogs can swim in water pretty good, but throw them in the ocean. They have no hope to reach the shore, middle of the ocean. Not a chance. They have no chance whatsoever. Still, we remain confident in our counterfeit currency that somehow it will, if we keep exercising it, it, it will provide us a full meal. But we only get appetizers only, and indigestion. No square meal. So look, look to move in another way. This is the idea. So when we begin to move in that way, and that in conjunction with the descent of Mahaprabhu's teaching through Guru Parampara, that this generous, Surup Shakti, generous, they overlook our defect, spiritual defect, our smallness, and our being prone to this particular condition, and make us like one of them in their midst. Very generous. Said sometimes that generosity is something like this. It's love. It means mother called, named her blind son Padmalochan. Padmalochan means lotus eyes. Do you follow? Mother named her blind son lotus eyes. Love turns faults into ornaments. So generous. We are dependent upon this 
the generous nature of Krishna, his Vrup Shakti, for our realizing our highest prospect in life. We are beggars only. We should really think about this point. We are beggars. We are in line for mercy. So if we are waiting in line for mercy, and someone who came behind us gets it first, can we argue about that and call for justice? Why he's getting? And not me, I was here first. No? Back of the line, you'll go. Send him to the back of the line. <laughs> you can't ask for justice if you're in line for mercy. So we're applying at the window of, of mercy. And this is our only hope. Hopeless. Hopeless. Ashwabandhu means hope. Beyond hope. It means there's no hope for me. But I have hope. Nonetheless, because I understand his, his nature is kind, generous, affectionate. And how is that affection expressed? Through his Sarup Shakti. And this is an example of their generosity. Appearing outside of the Dham. You follow me? They are Krishna's eternal associates. They are appearing outside of the Dham, outside of Navadvip. This is Vrindamandas Thakur's explanation. So, what can we say? This is Audarya Leela and the magnanimity that it is possessed of, they are the full extension of that. Very uh, extraordinary. So, in our lineage, we call it Bhaktivinod Paribar, the family of Bhaktivinod. This is how Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur told his students, his disciples, to think of themselves. Because in Bengal, it's common that if you meet someone, they'll ask you, what, what is your Paribar? What lineage are you in? What... What Gaudiya family are you in? Are you in the Dvaita Paribar, Nityananda Paribar, Gadadhar Paribar? And this was then, this was the answer of Bhakti Siddhanta, Bhakti Binod Paribar. It means he considered him the seventh Goswami in a direct connection with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, thereby, like the six Goswamis, from where everyone else will start their Paribar, from one of the eternal associates of Mahaprabhu. So this was his answer, how he thought of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So the vision of Bhaktivinoda Thakur that Agurudeva is serving and helping to make manifest. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur, as I said, gave shape to it by forming so many moths, training devotees to go out and canvas and represent the mission. You know, he coined the phrase the Brihat Murdanga, which was the printing press because the Murdunga can be heard a few blocks, but the printing press can take the kirtan, harikata, and put it in a book form and send it all over the world. This was a very revolutionary thing that he was uh, involved in. And building the marble temple was a huge statement in Calcutta, outside of the Dom. He was living in the Dom. Don't leave, don't go to Calcutta, that's Maya, that place. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur, his other guru, his Shiksha guru, Bhaktivinoda Thakur is the Harinam guru of Bhaktisiddhanta, and his Shiksha guru, and Gorkashodas Babaji Maharaj is Diksha guru. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur's vision of outreach uh, uh, affected him, so he went outside and uh, followed the inspiration of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. As I say, you know, building that marble temple was a huge statement, raising money and doesn't sound like a big thing now, a marble temple, but in those days it was a big, big thing. Big thing for the people in general and big 
Pragodi Vaishnavas to think, what are they doing, these guys? Why are they out there in the world, outside of the Dham? But remember, some of Mahaprabhu's parshadas, they appeared outside of the Dham, although, you know, closer. Of course, Puri is another Dham, but, uh, but some of them appeared actually outside of Godamandala Bhumi. Therefore, this point is raised by Vrindavan Das Thakur. So, coming out of the Dham and preaching. And preaching what? Preaching the Dham, the conception of the Dham. Now, this was the big uh, the, the focus of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And he gave shape to that, which was the vision of Bhakti Vinod. And our Guru Maharaj then took that and kind of spread it all over the world. The idea of establishing temples and and so forth. Uh, historically speaking, this was conceived of by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Big temples. This wasn't going on in Gaudi Vaishnava since the time of the Goswamis, where the big temples were were built in Vrindavan, for example, by the patronage of kings. There was a time in Vrindavan, the time of the Goswamis, where if you were a king, but you didn't have a temple. In Vrindavan, you are nobody. You know, when you get rich, when you're a king, it's not how much money you have, but how you spent it, what piece of art you have, or the kind of villa you have, real estate you have. So, this was the thing, due to the powerful influence of the preaching of the Goswamis, that um, the kings felt, if we don't have a temple, and my, my Rani, my queen, it doesn't have one, and I don't have one in Vrindavan, we're nobody. So they were preaching to the aristocracy at the time, the Goswamis. They were beggars, but they influenced the government and powers, worldly powers. So Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthita were following in this idea. And he was building these big temples. It wasn't common since that time. You you, you used to have live in the jungle and chant. You read about this kind of life, for example, in Jayavadharma. So go and start a big monastery in the cities and so forth. He had 64 of them. That's pretty incredible. Very revolutionary ideas. So this is how he gave shape the vision of Bhakti Vinod to distribute it everywhere. And then Prabhupada took that model. Basically, <laughs> some people don't understand this, but Prabhupada took the model of Bhakti Siddhanta Sasri Thakur. He gave shape to the vision of Bhakti Vinod. Of course, he adjusted the model according to where he was and so on and so forth. It was basically that that's where the model came from. And of course, then to his credit, he um, took that model, let's say, outside of India, all over the world, and widely distributed uh, Mahaprabhu's teaching and, in effect, fulfilled the, the prophecy of Mahaprabhu. Two prophecies, nice prophecies, one of Bhakti Minotakur, one of uh, Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu's prophecy that this would be spread all over the world. My name will be heard in every town and village. So the, as I say, there's some background to this. Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. We should, you know, we shouldn't see Prabhupada in a vacuum. He's part of a lineage, and it's important to to understand that what that lineage is. Then we can understand specifically what his contribution is in time and place and circumstance and so forth. So. That prediction, and then a bit prediction of Bhakti Thakur that, that the day will come when people from all over the world will will assemble in Mayapur and chant Jai Sachinandan, Jai Sachinandan. I was there for that. I had the good fortune of being um, a member of that, uh, fulfilling that prophecy 
under Prabhupada's good guidance, of course. Western people from all over the world for the first time chanting on the, on the Bhakti Siddhanta Road in Mayapur. Jai Sachinandan, Jai Sachinandan, Jai Sachinandan. So, an extraordinary uh, contribution, a very big member of the Bhaktivinoda Puribar, our Gurudev, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Sami Prabhupada. And in order to uh, be successful in that outreach, as I began, there has to be some inner depth that he draws from. Just like you take this uh, Audarya Leela of Mahaprabhu, it's called Audarya. So we think of it in terms of outreach. Audarya means magnanimous. So it indicates an outreach. And we think of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission like that. It's outreach to us. It reaches out to us about Krishna Leela, touches us, and shows us the way to enter there. But if we look carefully at it, what do we find? This is the main point that's usually emphasized. Mahaprabhu is Krishna coming with magnanimity and reaching out to us. But if we look uh, deeply inside, as deep as we can go in Krishna Leela, what do we find? What is the high point of the Krishna Leela in Bhagavatam? What is the apex of that? That is in Rasalila, where the you know it's all building up to that. Krishna is born, and uh, as we heard last night, with the birth of Krishna, Vrindavan was was blessed with opulence, but it became even more opulent as the goddesses of fortune took birth there. And Radha manifested in so many gopis. As Prabhupada used to say, Krishna is not very beautiful standing alone, but standing next to Radha, then he shines. This is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So, so if we go deeply there in Krishna Leela, it's all building up to this point, the relationship between Radha and Krishna. On Nandotsava, she's mentioned, the very birth ceremony of Krishna. She's also there. And they will meet, and a wedding will be arranged, but then, then it will be called off because of the astrological charts determined by Purnamasi. Oh, this is a problem. It says in his chart, as a young man, he'll leave home. What will become then of any girl that marries him who will be younger than him, and he's only going to be 10 or 11, he's going to leave home, go to foreign countries, Mathura, Dwarka. Can't have this. Obviously, Krishna and Radha, they were the perfect mates, and both sides of the family agreed, but Purnamasi intervened so that there could be parakya. This is the idea. Ostensibly, there's a problem in the chart. But this problem creates something very wonderful. So, then it is parakya bhav. So, if we go deep in there, then this, this relationship is consummated in Rasalila. They acknowledge one another's love and it's perfected in Gopi Vastraharana Leela, stealing of the Gopi's garments. Krishna says, okay, yeah, but we're married, kind of, but later on, next year we'll, we'll consummate it. I'll call you. <laughs> I'll call you later, he said, with his flute, that is his phone. That is his cell phone, his way of communicating anywhere, any place. So, 
then after that, of course, in Bhagavatam, it's all reflecting back on this, all the dwarf, all materially the dwarf, all reflecting back on the significance of this, the high point. And what do we find if we go there? If we go to the high point of that Rasalita, what do we find? We find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna sees the measure of Radha's love, he's astounded. He doesn't have any experience of such love, and he is a connoisseur of love, so it's a problem for him. It's like an existential crisis for him. I thought I was the king of love. But here's some love that I don't have any experience of. What to do? He becomes bewildered. But he's very crafty, so what did he do? He then he, and he's a thief from his birth, so he can't change your nature very easily. So He tried to steal her love. And then, so where did he go? He's a dark fellow, so he went to the dark age to hide. That's the idea. Hiding there, but Radha's love is luminous, so it was easy to find. Then he tried to give it away to other people, so he wouldn't be caught. But then it just increased, and so now it's going to the other side. Outreach. So it's outreach, but there's an inner depth to it. Who comes first, Radha Krishna or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? I say <laughs> these are eternal events. They're, they're, it's written like this in Chaitanya Charitamrita. What is that verse? Radha Krishna Pranay Vikati Ladini Shakti Rasmat Ekat Manovapi Bhuvi Pura Deham Vidogatoto Chaitanya Kyam Prakatam Adunat Tadvayam Chaikamaptam Radha Baba Duti Suvalitam Nomi Krishna Swarupam. This is the going on, this is the Swarup Shakti. Radha Krishna Pranay Vikati Ladini Shakti Rasmad Ladini Shakti me. Under the influence of this Swarup Shakti, Ladini Shakti, one aspect of that. This loving affair is going on eternally. Means the affair is going on. Means Krishna, he's one. All Shakti is within him. He becomes two. Krishna is sweet, but like sugar, can't taste yourself. Sugar is sweet, but it can't taste itself. So that's Shrup Shakti manifests outside as Radha. The one be- eternally becomes two, and the two eternally become one. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, where is the beginning, where is the end? As we said, Krishna is the source of everything and Radha is the source of Krishna. And then if you ask, well, who is the source of Radha? Krishna. Who is the source of Krishna? Radha. <laughs> so this is Achintu Veda Veda. The point is what? That in order for real outreach, this, if we take magnanimity, Audarya we find as it comes from a depth of inner standing and experience. So, the measure of a Vaishnava's standing, inner standing, one way of measuring is to see how many others he or she converts into Vaishnavism, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur said. But another measure, of course, is to see how that Vaishnava, however great he or she is, however big and far-reaching is their campaign or the depth of their literature or the quality of their character and so forth, no matter how big they are in relation to so many, they are small in relation to someone. We are all students forever. This is the teaching. Such is the nature of the subject. So, So what I mean to say is even our Prabhupada, whose campaign, for example, was large, we will measure his standing in relation to that. But another way of measuring is, how did he relate to the 
goes senior to him, senior Vaishnava, like his guru, and other perhaps members of the mission whom he considered as senior to himself in terms of tenure and even uh, service in the mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur, in other words, before his whole mission manifest. He wasn't known to be the great Swami Bhaktivedanta. <laughs> so we, we find in him such his whole, he used to say, my only credit is that what I strictly followed the orders of my Gurudev. And what was the order? What was the order of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur to Prabhupada? This was, I'll tell you what the order was. The order was, came in letter. Prabhupada wrote a letter to his Gurudev asking for some service. This may be just a short time before Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur departed. And because he wasn't in the mission, like living in the Mott, he was a householder. And so he asked for some service. So Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur wrote back and said, I think it would be good for you if you preach in English. Now, what if, what if your Guru said to you, he said, well, it might be good if you do this. I think it might be good if you do this. I think it will be good if you do this. So, how will you take it? You might take it. Well, he thought so. Maybe I'll try it. Uh, maybe not. But Prabhupada considered it the order of my Gurudev. My Gurudev ordered me to preach in English. So, this I've done, and, I, and I've become successful. Of course, he also told him once, if you ever get money, print books. So a few things, only a few words. Everything can be found in a few words. Who has power can say so much in a few words. That's why I talk so much. But who has power in a few words only can change our life. Mahaprabhu, a few words only, changed the Chandkas. He converted Prakashananda Saraswati and, and this... Um, Venkatabhata and so forth. Just a few words. He joked with Venkatabhata. By joking, he converted him. By, by remaining silent, he converted Sarvabhama. By ignoring Prakashananda Sarasuddhi, he converted him. What power he has. <laughs> so, in few words of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasuddhi Thakur. Not like orders. I order you to do this. This is your life mission. I order you to do this. But Prabhupada took it like that. So what I'm saying, this is Guru Nishta. He had this kind of Guru Nishta regard for the for the other side, for the higher side. He thought all of his power, he thought, derived from this. Bhakti Thakur said, I consider myself like a sweeper in the street in front of the Sankirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Mayapur. Just a sweeper. And Bhakti Sandasarasti Thakur said, And I consider myself like one straw in the broom of Bhakti Vinod. This is the feeling, you see. Now Guru Maharaj felt like this to Bhakti Talker. Practically speaking, if you asked Prabhupada about Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, you know, he wants some details of his life or mission and so forth, he had nothing to say. Practically, I'm telling you, he had nothing to say. Because all of his love was there. All of his love. This is a Guru Bhakti. Guru Bhakti. This is more pleasing to Krishna than Krishna Bhakti. It means you cannot say much, really, about your object of love. That's not a, really a talking point. You understand? If you, if you mention him, his name, then you become just choked up.
That's not just for sharing with anybody. And this is what he was like. So little information. It's not that he didn't know anything. Such regard, such love, such love for his guru, such guru bhakti he had, that he could take a suggestion, call it, and see it as an order. Vyavasyatmika buddhekeha guru nandana. Like he liked this slok from Gita, Vishwanath Chakravartyakur's commentary, where Vishwanath Prabhu cites his guru bhastakam, yasya prasadat bhagavat prasado, yasya prasadanagati kutopi. He said, this is, this is Vyabhasayatmika Buddhi fixed. One's intelligence fixed. This is Gurunishta, Guru Bhakti. Prabhupada was an extraordinary example of this. And interestingly, he was able to foster that in his own disciples also. Shiramarsh once commented that usually a guru will have a couple disciples who are really like there, who really care about what he wants. He stopped to think, well, what do you want? What's, what's on your mind? We all think of what we can get from Gurudev, or what we can get from Krishna. We were talking about this last night to some extent. In the Brajapakti, there's no, there's no consideration of that. Everywhere else, everybody's looking for something. Either it be material or it be spiritual. It's something. But Amikichu China, they don't want anything. That's Brajlok. We don't, we don't hear the Dwarkas full of Kalpa Rikshas and the land is Chintamani and so forth. Vrindavan is like that. You can get anything from a tree, anything from a cow, Kamdenu. But the opulence of the place is what? The, the people who live there, they don't want anything. They don't want anything. They only, only want, and this means to want nothing, they only want to know what Krishna wants. That's what they're concerned about. This is the idea of, of love. So Prabhupada had a great love for his Guru, and for God-brothers also. So much love for them. Some of them disappointed him. That's true. And some of them even opposed him. That's unfortunate. But not all of them. If we study the correspondence, for example, of Prabhupada with his God-brothers in the beginning, what did he see? He saw that his success in America was the, was the wealth of Bhaktisiddhanta. He wanted to just share it. It's happening. The mission's happening over here. He wanted to share it with tried to get others to come and so forth and participate. And so he had regard for what was ostensibly senior members in the mission and for his, his Gurudev. So there's another measurement. In canvassing, there might be some bluffing. You can get people to join. You might not have that great a standing. It's possible. It's a good philosophy. If you know the theory, then you might be able to attract some people. Harder, though, to bluff in terms of how you see yourself in relation to superiors. It's, it's much more, more difficult to bluff there. But ultimate praman, that is still another thing, evidence for the standing of a Vaishnav. That we can only have by, arrive at by realization. What is the standing of the Vaishnav? Some hints may be there, given, and, and so forth, but to go there, this is the idea. This is our task. And um, still, sometimes these uh, great souls are kind enough to reveal a little something, give a hint, something like that. And we find these things in Prabhupada's um, life. We can reason well that, as Malaba did when glorifying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, 
he said krishna shakti vinay nahi tar pravartana he said this nam sankirtan can only be propagated by one who has krishna shakti what is krishna shakti that is that swarup shakti we talked about who has that suta sattva visheshatma prema suryang susamyabak in whose heart this has begun to to manifest that person has bhakti shakti the power to disseminate widely nams and kirtan great faith and so forth so we see that our prabhu did that so we can think oh he must be some backing there this is reasonable to conclude like this prabhu says further it couldn't be any other way couldn't happen otherwise so that's reasonable but then in, on the board of the boat the jaladutta prabhu gave some glimpse into that his own thinking an intimate moment he wrote a song a prayer and uh, revealed something about that his understanding his depth of uh, of realization from where all the power if you will is coming the manifestation of the guru kripa in his heart that gives the power for his his campaign and so, so i want to read that as we've read it before and discussed it but it's 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 worth discussing further and first before reading and discussing the poem briefly let me read the comments that probably wrote in his diary that prefaced the writing of this poem he's on the boat it's maybe like a little bit after janmashtami some days after janmashtami and you know the, sh- the boat was uh in the rough waters and probably was not uh health was not wasn't good it wasn't feeling well and things have gotten a little better in that regard a little better and henry writes the ship today is plying very smoothly i feel better today hmm? but i'm feeling separation from shri brindavan and my lords gobinda gopinath and radhadamodar the only solace is Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita in which I am tasting the nectarine of Lord Chaitanya's leela this is what he's living on this is his his food i have left bharat bhumi just to execute the order of sri bhakti siddhanta saraswati in pursuance of lord chaitanya's order i have no qualification but i have taken up the risk just to carry out the order of his divine grace I fully depend upon their mercy It means the deities of Vrindavan so far away from Vrindavan The next day he writes today the ship ran very smoothly the sky was clear and there was sunshine all the day at about 7:30 in the morning we passed the Azor group islands under the Portugal Republic there was again rehearsal for lifeboat saving at 4:30 p.m. There was a rehearsal of the fire brigaders also. At night there was profuse moonlight on the ocean and considerable lurching also. But did not affect me very much as it used to do in the Arabian Sea. The Atlantic Ocean is more kind to me than all other seas so far we have crossed over. it is all lord krishna's grace the next day he writes s r day 
Today, there is a great deal of lurching, although the sky is clear. Mrs. Pundia, although a little lady, but very intelligent and learned also, she has foretold about my future. Thanks to her prediction, all blessings of Lord Krishna for her. The crisis which I suppose to have crossed, I'm just reading it, is also mentioned by her. If I have crossed the crisis, then that is goodwill of Lord Krishna, my friend and philosopher. In the evening, there was so much lurching, and I felt a bit seasickness. I could not take my food properly. A little sweets were accepted with some relish. The lurching continued till midnight. Next day. Today is the 32nd day of our journey from Calcutta. After midnight yesterday, the lurching decreased, and I felt relief. In the morning, I could also not take my breakfast properly. Then I cooked padi kachari. It appeared to be delicious, and I was able to take some food. Today, I have disclosed my mind to my companion, Lord Sri Krishna. There is a Bengali poem made by me in this connection. At about eleven, there was a little lurching. The captain tells that they had never such calmness on the Atlantic Ocean. I said, it is Lord Krishna's mercy. His wife asked me to come back again with them, so they may again have a calm Atlantic Ocean. If Atlantic would have shown its usual face, perhaps I would have died, but Lord Krishna has taken charge of the ship. So, this is the preface, then, to the song that Prabhupada wrote. He mentions it here on the 13th of September. And what does he say? He says, Today I have disclosed my mind to my companion and friend. The previous day he referred to him as my friend and philosopher, Lord Sri Krishna. So, this is a very extraordinary that a devotee will reveal their heart like this. Of course, he's done it in private. And then his disciples found that and tried to plumb the depths of it, but didn't get that far. <laughs> but with the help of Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, we could go deeply inside of the prayer. And uh, he gave a wonderful uh, explanation of it. So, Prabhupada prays, Krishna Tobo Punya Hobe Bhai, E Punya Koribe Jobe, Radharani Kushi Hobe, Drubati Boli Tomotai. So, here it's very clear from his diary. He's writing a prayer. In fact, it's called a prayer to the lotus feet of Krishna. So, he's writing to Krishna and revealing his mind to him. So, he says, Oh, my dear brother. Bhai means like brother, friend. Oh, my dear brother, I'm making a strong point to you. I want to make a strong point to you. He says, Dhruva ati bolito motai. Dhruva means like the pole star. I said, everything revolving around the pole star. 
It's like powerful, fixed, certain. He says, I want to make, my dear brother, I want to make a very strong point to you. He says, it's very certain, without doubt. It's a fact, he said. It's a fact, my dear friend, Krishna, my dear brother, that you will become pious and you will get a good fortune only when Radharani is pleased with you. And he's telling Krishna, my dear Krishna, listen, I want to give you some counseling that without Radharani's blessing, if you cannot please her, your life will not be successful. If you get her blessing, then your life will be happy and prosperous. This is, of course, essential whole idea of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in one nice verse. It's the whole idea of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Krishna, he's dependent upon Radharani's being pleased in order for his life to be successful. If you speak like this to Krishna, of course, you have to know him on intimate terms to speak like this to him and to give him some, some, some such suggestion, some counsel. Some of his friends, they counsel him in times of his need. This is the kind of advice they give to him. They help him make rendezvous with, with Radharani. If you speak to him like this, you've got his ear. There's no question about it. He said, what? You know that. So Prabhupada praying to Krishna in such an intimate way. Revealing, I know this secret about you. I'm approaching you on, on this basis. I'm going to tell you. It's not that you don't know, but it's worth repeating. Only if you please Radharani will your life be successful. There's no other way. But now he's got Krishna's attention. Then what does he say? Shri Siddhanta Saraswati Sachi Sutra Priya Ati Krishna Sebai Jar Tulanai Se Se Mohand Guru Jagater Madhe Guru Krishna Bhakti De Thai Thai Now he begins to talk about Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur on whose order he's embarked upon this uh, risky mission. Risky mission. He's leaving Vrindavan, safe place for Vaishnavas, an old age, and going on a, with a weak heart and so forth, going on a, uh, was it a cargo carrier to a country where he doesn't even know anybody. It's like a whole different planet he's going to. New York in the winter. Everything's not set up there for providing even basic necessities. But he's going, taking such risk. On the order of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So he's saying, My Guru Maharaj, who is very dear to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the son of Sachi, is unparalleled in his service to the Supreme Lord. He is that great saintly spiritual master who bestows intense devotion to Krishna at different places throughout the world. Now it's known that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur had developed his inner life was as a maidservant of Radha. So the implication is here what? That he introduces his guru, he says, by his strong desire, the holy name of Goranga will spread throughout the world in all the western countries, in all cities, towns and villages, from all the oceans, seas, rivers, streams, everyone will chant Krishna's holy name. As the vast mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu conquers all directions. A flood of transcendental ecstasy will certainly cover the land when all sinful, miserable living entities become happy. The Vaishnavas' desire is then fulfilled. Although my Guru Maharaj ordered me to accomplish this mission, 
I'm not worthy or fit to do it. I'm very fallen and insignificant. Therefore, O Lord, now I'm begging for your mercy so that I may become worthy, for you are the wisest and most experienced of all. If you bestow your power, this is his idea. He's negotiating with Krishna. He's saying, look, my Gurudev is in Radharani's camp and she's given me this order. I have no power to do it, but you're a big fellow. You've got so much power, so much Shakti. But what is the value of that, all your, your position? If Radharani's not pleased with you, your life will be meaningless. So here's my suggestion to you. I'm negotiating with you. You give me the power to fulfill Radharani's desire as manifested in the order of my Gurudev. And that will be good for you. This is so much in the heart of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And what happened? Do you think Krishna agreed? How could he not agree if you talk with him like that? If you know such things, you take the power, all power, so much power, and we are all a result of that. There's no question that Krishna didn't reply favorably, didn't uh, answer in the affirmative. Yes, take it. Goodness, such a thing that you, you, you know about this. And it's true. So How much it says to us, how much Krishna wants the blessing of Radharani? You can measure that by the, the extent of the success of the campaign of Prabhupada. It's an extraordinary thing in the history of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He wants, he wants our blessing in a big way. So in the whole movement, in a sense, you see, is making this point, underscoring this point, so much the heart of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. All here is the, is this the beginning of the whole affair. This is what makes Krishna, spreading Krishna consciousness successful. These kind of sentiments, this kind of realization. We have to have some internal life in order to be really successfully involved in disseminating outwardly Krishna consciousness. So you young men, all everybody, should see to it that you're making spiritual advancement. Adjust your life in such a way. Use your intelligence. Get good company. Make spiritual progress. Every day, that's what you should do. It's not just book selling. You know, I sold a lot of books. First time Prabhupada heard in a letter, I think from Rameswar, my godbrother wrote to him, this boy is selling so many books and so forth. And Prabhupada wrote, very nice, he's selling so many books, but he should also read them. I was reading them, but he's making the point. It's not just book selling. Go inside. Learn the books, make your faith strong, Shastriya Shraddha, then you'll be more fit, have greater adhikar or eligibility to actually practice and get something out of this. So the whole campaign of Prabhupada, this is where it has its beginning, in this simple kind of prayer. Sophisticated theological prayer, but heartfelt, simple in that sense. I mean, he understood completely Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This is what it's all about. Every religion teaches that God is the most worshipable object. What do we teach? We teach who is the worshipable object of God. That is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Do you understand? Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe. This is Prabhupada saying that here. In a very confidential way, speaking to his friend. And then he goes on, of course, and he says, he quotes a verse from Bhagavatam and Prahlad's, prayers, 
where Prahlad is glorifying the, the Guru. And again, he's emphasizing Guru Nishta, placing all of his faith in, in the orders of his Guru. And then he says, Tumi mochir sati, bulia mayar lati, koyachi janame janmontare, ajipuna esu jog, jodi hoi jogadug, tobe pori tuhi milibare. Oh, my dear friend Krishna, you are my eternal companion. Forgetting you, I have suffered the kicks of Maya birth after birth. If today the chance to meet you occurs, Again, then I will surely rejoin you. Tomare milane bhai abar she shukopai gocharani guri din bhor. Korta bane chuta chuti bane kai luto puti se din kobe hobe mor. Se din kobe hobe mor. Oh, dear friend, in your company I will experience great joy again early in the morning. I will wander about the cowherd pastures and fields running and frolicking in the many forests of Braja. I will roll on the ground in spiritual ecstasy. Oh, when will that day be mine? This is Sakirasa. Aji se subidhane tomara smarana bhela boro asha doki laum tai ami tomara nityadas tai kori eta ash tumi bina anya gati nai Today that remembrance of you came to me in a very nice way. Because I have a great longing, I called for you. I'm your eternal servant, and therefore I desire your association so much. Oh, Lord Krishna, except for you, there's no other means of success. So in this way, Prabhupada has shared with us uh, very clearly his uh, inner sentiments. Now, realize that this is ultimate Parman, but we were talking about different ways to recognize the standing of a Vaishnav by outreach, by how he regards superiors, and ultimately by what is his standing within, which will only come from realization as you progress. But sometimes, great persons, Taco Bhaktivinoda did this also, it's generally frowned upon, but out of great mercy, sometimes they, they share a glimpse of their inner life with us. He did this, of course, in private, but we are making it public. That's our, that's our, our business. In other words, your inner life is not to be made public. Like Prabhupada didn't speak much about Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. This is another example of what I'm saying. It's my inner, inner life that you cannot understand that, what I feel. But if we can access it to some extent by His mercy, then our business is to make it make it public. So in this way I wanted to speak a little bit about my Gurudev. Does anyone have any questions or comments? Yes, Gorvani. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't come around. So that's how, yeah, well, we could go on for a while about that, I suppose. So Krishna gave his Shakti to Prabhupada. Prabhupada's negotiating with him. If you give me your power, then it will be, uh, that'll be good for you because you'll please Radharani and I'll be successful. So what do you think? It's a win-win situation, he said. Let's make a deal, he said. <laughs> so Krishna agreed and gave him the Shakti. So what kind of Shakti? Then Krishna has so many Shaktis. 
Prabhupada was uh, described by Pujapad Sridhamarji after Prabhupada's disappearance as a Shaktyavesha. Right, so you've heard the term, right? That came from Sridhamarji. I consider him as Shaktivesh, that's his godbrother, uh, whom he had a, a very friendly relationship with. Srinivas lived in Prabhupada's house for six years after Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta left the world. And Prabhupada wanted him to uh, share his realizations with us. But Prabhupada made that very clear. At any rate, he gave this idea. Oh, I consider him as Shaktivesh. So one of his students, Srinivas' students, asked him, that what kind of avesh? You know, there's like Prithupalana avesh or Narada Bhakti avesh or Vyas Gyan avesh and well, all these different avesh avatars. There's a certain kind of empowerment. So Sridharmash replied, Nityananda avesh. My analysis is from seeing him that he got the power of uh, Nityananda Prabhu. Krishna gave him Valdev's power, in other words. And he's a big guy, you know, he's a Dauji the older brother, Balaram, powerful. Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami has made it clear <laughs> how powerful he is when he described Nitai in five verses in his Mangal Charn of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Sankarshana Karnato Vishayi Payobdi Shaicha Sheshascha Yashamsa Kalasanitya Nandakya Rama Shadanamastu Oh, he's this. He's everything. He's saying Sandini Shakti, everything. We were speaking some length, three, four days, glorification of Balaram in North Carolina recently as, as we observed the Baldev Purnim. So big, big personality. And this Nitai is the same as him, Nityananda Prabhu. So make it short, because it's a long topic, Sridharmash considered. He had the Avesh of Nityananda Prabhu. When he showed, he explained so many characteristics of the how that empowerment of Nityananda would take shape and manifest and show the parallels in Prabhupada's preaching, the nature of his preaching, the style of his preaching, his, uh, how he installed Gornitai deities everywhere. Bhaktisiddhanta didn't do that. He installed Radha and Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. How in Vrindavan, which is his land of his heart, his homeland, Prabhupada said, my place of worship is Mayapur. My residence is Vrindavan. That's Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Worship Mahaprabhu, live in Vrindavan. Dasya Bhakti to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives you an appropriate place, residence and service in Vrindavan. So in his heartland, he established in the central altar, Krishna and Balaram. This is all Sakiras, all influence of Nityananda Prabhu. So as I began, I found it significant when I learned for the first time on Baladev Purnim that Prabhupada departed for America the day after Baladev Purnim. So with the blessings of Balaram, off he went. That's the idea. Anything else? Yes. I just want maybe you could speak a little bit more about you were describing the Acharya Leela of Mahaprabhu. So he, he leaves to um, propagate. And then you were speaking about Rasa Leela as the, the highest reach in Gaudiya And then, so he comes back. He goes to Sri Vasangam. And, um, I just was wondering if you could speak well, the, uh, the point I was making is that if we go deeply in Krishna Leela, we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there. As far as deep as you go, because we tend to look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela as just outreach, but it has depth, is the point. How deep? It doesn't get any deeper than that. So as deep as you go into Krishna Leela, as deep as you can go, what you will find there is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela. 
That's the point I'm making. And that Navadvip Lila, of course, then it's same. And so it's a private affair. And um, Mahaprabhu didn't let anybody, you mentioned Sri Vasangam, didn't let anybody just come into the kirtan at the house of Sri Vastakura. Not everybody was allowed, only certain people were allowed. One man said, I, have only, I only drink milk, I should only live a very pure life, I should be allowed to get in. He said, it's nothing compared to what, what, I, what we do in here. <laughs> milk drinking, that is nothing. <laughs> wouldn't let him in. But then he came out, ostensibly on the, by the force of the curse of that man who wanted to get in, who was a Brahmin. The Arya Bhattasa, the words of the Brahman, the curse of the Brahman. He says, I curse you, you never have a happy family life. So Mahabhu had to take sannyas. He came out of the house of Sri Vastakura. And he checked Vasudus Tadusuripsitaraj Lakshmi. There's a sad, st- touching story. She found out Mahabhu was going to take sannyas. She came with her head hung. He wanted to know what's on your mind, what's bothering you. She wouldn't speak. Rumor had gone around town. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was thinking of taking sannyas, and as rumor goes, he's thinking of taking sannyas. He, he might take sannyas. He's taking sannyas. He's taking sannyas. And came back to Vishnu Priya's ears. Hers is the saddest story. She's Bhakti Devi. Such a sad story. Even Mahaprabhu took the sannyas. Still, every devotee had connection with him, even his mother. On the order of his mother, he stayed in Puri so she could hear about him. And every day from Puri, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Navadweep to eat lunch at Sachi's house every day, every single day that he was gone. What kind of sannyasi is that? <laughs> A mama's boy. He only appeared to go. She used to have dreams, visions like this. She didn't believe them, but he, Mahaprabhu sent one of his associates. In. And one of the things when you're there, by the way, tell Sachi, that's real. I come every day and take my lunch there. Just like he told gopis in, from Dwarka. Every day I'm coming. If you have those dreams about me, I'm actually there. It's all discussed nicely in, in Krishna Sandarbha. So, everyone, even his mother, except Vishnu Priya. She's the only one left out. And she agreed to that for our sake, was Mahaprabhu told him, Devi, in this Leela, our only business is to cry for the Jeevas. So she agreed. Mahaprabhu took sannyas, Chaktvas Sudhus, Charizurepsitaraj Lakshmim, Dharmishta. Oh, he's so dharmic, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's the abode of Dharma, Prem Dharma. He took the curse of the Brahman, who thought he, he couldn't understand his Dharma. It's too high. He misunderstood. He cursed him. Mahaprabhu took the curse. Dhamishtarya bhachasa yadagadaranyam. Aranyam means forest. So he went into the forest. It means he took sannyas. Mayamrigam doita ipsita. And for those people who are bewildered by maya, he gave mercy to them. And doita means also like wife. So he pursued like wifehood of Krishna. Gopi Bhav. He talks about his external mission and his internal mission. Daip Taip Sitam Anvadhavad. Vande Mahapurushate Charanadavindam. Bhagavatam says like this. So he came out of that house 
came out and went to Puri and traveled and so forth, doing Namsan Kirtan. And all of that is his Acharya Leela, where he's teaching by his example and teaching what? How to enter Vrindavan. In other words, how to get into Sri Thakur's house in the Kirtan. How to enter there. So he shows, kind of like a two, two-stage two affair. Namsan Kirtan and Kirtana Prabhavi Smarana Svabhavi. By the power of Kirtan, then meditation will come. It will arrest the mind, this Kirtan, like nothing else. After all, it's the emperor of all uh, arms of bhakti in Kali Yuga in particular. So, By Kirtan, the mind will be arrested like no other process. Thus it will foster spontaneous and natural smaranam and reveal thereby one's inner nature in relation to the lila, so that one can contemplate that. So, kirtana prabhavi smarana svabhavi. So we find one stage is its wide kirtan, and as the kirtan becomes successful, then he gets blessings from his superior, like Advaita. Advaita called him there for namsan kirtan. He says, have I done enough of this now? What do you think? That's not my, it's the only thing I'm about, just preaching. Some inner life should come from that. So I preached, what do you think? Can I now pursue my inner life directly? And do it so, yes, you've done it very nicely. You can retire now. So in Antilila, then Mahaprabhu is not with a large group anymore, he's with a small group. Keeping with a smaller group and pursuing his inner life. Few people, Ramananda Rai, Surup Damadar. There he's doing this Vipralamba Seva, Ilasmaranam. And they're singing songs and from Gita Govinda and uh, uh, Chandidas's books and so forth. And mm. you have to have Bhav to cultivate Bhav. He had Bhav, then he's cultivating. And Bhav won't come if the heart is not clean. So he showed like two phases, something like that. And we should follow in his footsteps. So, all right, we've talked for some time. It's a little late now. So.